We continue our worship service this morning by reading a passage from the book of Acts, chapter 16. And I invite you to turn in your Bibles to that passage, Acts chapter 16, and I'll be reading verses 6 to 15. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. May God grant us understanding as we study his word this morning. Amen. The book of Acts is a book full of adventure. God using some of the giants of the faith to get the good news out to both Jews and Gentiles. Now, I think we need to note that this particular missionary journey of Paul and Silas had its origin in a disagreement between Paul and Barnabas, recorded for us in the previous chapter, Acts 15. Paul had suggested to Barnabas hey, let's go back and see how those people are doing that we visited on our last missionary trip. Let's see how those believers are doing. And Barnabas said, yeah, you know, that's a great idea. He said, but I want to take Mark with us. And the Apostle Paul said, no way. We're not taking Mark with us. And the reason Paul said that was because on their last missionary journey, Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia. And so he said, We're not, I, I, I'm not taking Mark. So Barnabas said, that's fine. He said, I'm taking Mark with me. And off they went on their journey. And Paul chose Silas to go with him on his missionary journey. And I think there's a point to be made there that, you know, we, we talk about disagreement in churches. And yes, we don't want to disagree all the time, but sometimes... There, out of disagreement can come new work and new visions. And in this case, there were two, two missionary teams that were formed, and off they went to preach the gospel. 
Now, in our passage, we note that in response to the vision of the Macedonian calling, come over and help us, Paul and Silas focused their initial evangelistic work in Greece in the Roman colony of Philippi. And this was a leading city in Macedonia. Now, this was the first evangelistic outreach into Europe. And so it was a very significant decision that was made at that time. Now, from the account in Acts chapter 16, it is quite clear that God prepared the soil in advance for the coming of Paul and Silas. And the response of the people to what God was doing led to the formation of a very important Christian church to whom Paul would later write with much love and much joy. And of course, I'm talking about the Philippian church and the book of Philippians. Now, one important person in that early group of believers was a woman named Lydia, whom we are told was from the city of Thyatira. Her name is mentioned in only three verses in Acts 16, yet in them we see the profile of a woman of great faith and great ability. So who was this woman? And what can we learn from her on this Mother's Day? Well, first, we are told that she was a dealer in the purple dye and cloth business for which the town of Thyatira in Western Asia Minor was famous. And she had not only established a shop in Philippi, but she also had a residence. And we are told in Acts 16 that she was part of a group of women who had gathered along the river for a time of prayer. We're not told what her religious background was, but we do know that she was a woman who recognized that human ability alone was not enough to face life's tasks. And so I think the act of praying was her recognition of her need for her creator. Now there's also a strong possibility that Lydia was a single mother. Now, if this is true, then her story becomes all the more valuable to us watching today because she represents an increasing number of women who face life as a single parent. In Ontario, every year, approximately 65,000 children become members of single parent families. Some by death of a father or a mother, but most by separation and divorce. This morning, as we consider Lydia, I want to focus on four important activities in her life that should and can speak to us today. First of all, Lydia was active in the workplace. Acts 16, verse 14 tells us that Lydia, Lydia was a seller of purple cloth. She was a merchant and she was probably from the top end of the social scale. Now, you might think to yourself, well, big deal. But back then, we need to understand that it was a man's world. And women and mothers were considered second-class citizens. In all likelihood, she was in Philippi, 
to market the dye or the fabric that had been colored by it. Now, in Philippi, I believe she had a home, and the fact that her house was large enough to accommodate Paul and his companions gives evidence of her prosperity. And so I think we need to understand that Lydia was a woman of accomplishment in her time. Now, there's a common misconception among some Christians today that God's exclusive purpose for women is that they be only nurturers and caregivers in the home. But I think Lydia's example and other women that we see in the Bible demonstrates that the Lord has gifted both men and women for involvement in a wide range of activities in the home, in the community, in the workplace, and in the church. And I think we see that happening more and more each day. In fact, if you think about it, in many ways, Christianity has liberated today's woman. However, and it's a big however, God's purpose is that involvement in the work world and in the workplace is not to crowd out the critical need for the parents' nurture of their children. This is absolutely vital. And it would appear that Lydia, though she was a career woman by today's standard, did not allow her job to consume her. In her book, Her Name is Woman by Guillen Carson, she says this about Lydia. Being a Christian was a very practical matter for Lydia. She did not become a nun, nor even a full-time evangelist. She remained in her occupation. She brought credit to her name by submitting herself, her business, and her possessions to maximum service for Christ. In other words, she became a witness for God right in her place of employment. Now, I think sometimes people who become believers think that they have to become a pastor or a missionary in order to reach out to people around them. And that isn't the case. Sometimes our greatest witness comes right where we work, at the office, at the plant, at the school. Jesus said on one occasion, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. And so Lydia was a light in the world. Secondly, Lydia was not only active in the workplace, she was also active in seeking God. Acts 16, verse 14 says, The Lord opened her heart to respond to God. <clears throat> now, there's no question that Lydia was a busy woman, like so many women and mothers today. Yet she found time in her busyness for things of greater importance, such as worshiping God and seeking his guidance. This was why she had gathered with the other women along the river on that particular day. Now, you might think that's a pretty strange way to 
to meet and to pray. But we need to understand that back in the early days of the church, this was a common way for believers to meet when there wasn't a synagogue in the town or city. Now on this particular day, as Lydia and her friends were meeting, some unexpected important guests happened to drop in. Paul, Silas, and his companions. Now we know from earlier in Acts chapter 15 that Timothy also joined Paul and Silas on this journey. And we have to assume that the author of the book of Acts, Luke, was with them as well. And so along came Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke and dropped into their prayer meeting. Now, to give you sort of an understanding, it would be like, um, I know Billy Graham has passed away, but it would have been like having Billy Graham, when he was alive, stop in at a church meeting sorry, at a church prayer meeting with his team. Imagine that if you've ever gone to a church prayer meeting, Billy Graham stopping in. And verse 14 tells us that Lydia listened to these men as they spoke. She could have been quite content with the faith and knowledge she had about the Lord. But Lydia was not content to stand still in her faith. Lydia was a seeker, and her limited knowledge of God and herself challenged her to pursue an even deeper faith. The Bible has a lot to say about those who truly seek God. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, says Jeremiah 29 verse 13. And when it comes to life's worries and problems, and believe me, we all have them, especially with this pandemic and all the negative fallout from it. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you. I believe that one of the reasons there is so much apathy and passivity present in our churches today is because many people are content in their faith journey. And when their pastors or the leaders of their church talk to them about new challenges, new growth, it's, uh, <gasps> what did he say? What did he say about growth? I wasn't listening. But it was as Lydia listened that God opened her heart to respond to Paul's message of salvation through Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that God opened her heart by force. God never, never coerces us to know and worship him. However, the language of opening hearts does affirm that God's salvation is his from start to finish. God is like a gardener. He prepares the soil of our hearts and then plants the seeds. Now, how can he do this? Well, I think he can do it a number of ways. He can do it through individuals such as Paul and Silas. He can do it as we read the Bible. 
He can speak to us through our own life circumstances, both good and bad. He can plant seeds through music. He can plant seeds as we walk in a forest. He can plant seeds as we're reading a good book, or even when we're watching a TV show or a movie. Through all these various ways, God can speak to us. The question really is, are we listening? Are we listening? And then, as we listen, are we responding in faith to the new life he is calling us to? And so those of you who are believers, who are watching this online service, are you responding to new challenges that God may be calling you to in your life? Or are you content with where you are? Only you can answer that question. And so as Paul spoke, Lydia listened and was touched by the good news of Jesus Christ. Now it was her turn to respond, and she did so with her life. So Lydia was active in seeking God. Thirdly, Lydia was also active in obedience. Verse 15 says that she and the members of her household were baptized. The fact that Lydia was open to the Lord resulted in others being baptized and being reached with the good news. Now, in her case, it led to the conversion of her entire household. Now, something you may want to do later today is read the rest of Acts 16. And we have a wonderful story about the Philippian jailer. Paul and Silas had been thrown in jail. And miraculously, God had released them. And the Philippian jailer had been touched with this release. And became a follower of Jesus Christ. Read the, read the story of him in Acts 16. It's a great story. But the result of the Philippian jailer's change was that his entire family was converted and became believers as well. The story, the story of Lydia and her changed life tells me that one of the first places that people should notice a change in our lives is in our families. And I'll tell you something, this can be a difficult thing depending on our family. <clears throat> Don't expect everyone in the family to be happy about your faith choice. In fact, I know individuals who have a very, very difficult time talking about God in their own families. They're made fun of. Some of them are even ostracized. Remember Jesus' words? A prophet has honor everywhere except in his own town and his own family. As difficult as it may be, our faith needs to be evident in our family and then become evident to other people we are in regular contact with, friends, fellow workers, neighbors. Now, Lydia wanted everyone to know about this new life, and the first to hear it were those in her own household. Now, this household, in addition to possible children, would have included servants and other dependents, perhaps even some co-workers. 
Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, Acts 16, verse 15, tells us that Lydia's newfound faith made such an impact that she and her entire household were baptized. In later days of the Christian movement, because of heresy and false teachers, new believers had to go through a probationary period before they were baptized. And that was done just to make sure that their faith was genuine. But in the early church days, baptism followed almost immediately after a person said yes to following Jesus. But the meaning of baptism remained the same. It was a public demonstration that they had moved from the old way of life to the new. And in baptism, they identified with the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was an outward sign of an inward change. Many New Testament scholars believe that Lydia's household became the first house church in Greece. Imagine that. And became the home of the Philippian church for years. According to Acts 16, verse 40, after Paul and Silas were released from the Philippian jail, that they went to Lydia's house and met with the other believers. This, I think, reveals how quickly God used Lydia's obedience to come to bring together that early group of believers in Philippi. Finally, Lydia was active in showing hospitality. In verse 15 of Acts 16, it says that after she and her household were baptized, she invited Paul and his companions to stay at her house. She persuaded us, Luke says. Jesus made it very clear in his teachings that the disciples would be known, his disciples would be known by their fruits or their good works. That these good works would be like a light shining in the dark. And these good works were demonstrated in Lydia's life when she invited Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke into her home. Remember, these men were really still strangers to her, but she still extended hospitality. This form of kindness shown to strangers and travelers was a distinguishing mark of God's people in the Old Testament. Job when speaking about his faithfulness to God, said that his door was always open to the traveler. The New Testament continues to remind us of this important act. The Apostle Peter said, offer hospitality without grumbling. And the author of Hebrews said, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. During this extensive pandemic, with all its restrictions, we can find ourselves on a spiritual, an emotional, and physical roller coaster. We are in a place of discomfort and longing. We're weary and we languish. something else for you to do today, look up the word languish in the dictionary. 
and see if that is not an appropriate word for where we are now. But one of the reasons we are languishing is because we're not able to do things with some of our family members. We're not allowed to do things with our friends, our coworkers. We can't even meet in church. Think about it. We can't even sit down at Tim Hortons or Starbucks and have a coffee with others. And we're so used to being able to do that, aren't we? Hopefully, hopefully, as this awful pandemic draws to a close, we will come out of it with a new appreciation for just being able to sit close to a friend, family member, stranger, and to once again be able to show hospitality and kindness, as Lydia did many, many years ago. My prayer is that God will help us to reflect on these things as we think about this message and Lydia's example to each of us. Let us pray. Lord, like Lydia, help us to be a light in the world. Give us the strength to seek you, and in seeking you, then to listen to you, that we may respond with obedience, with love, and with hospitality toward others. We know we can't do this on our own, and we need your help. And so help us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.